happy days are here again on Sister's Dish. We have the great honor of welcoming actor, comedian, and world-famous impressionist Jim Meskimen. We're also joined by Jim's old buddy and our father, Glenn Ashley, to recall the days when they used to work together at a grocery store. Jim shares with us what it was like growing up with America's favorite mom, Marion Ross, but she was known to the world as Marion Cunningham from Happy Days. We also learned that Mama Marion did not actually know her way around a kitchen unless it was on set. Thursday, Friday, happy days, Saturday, what a day, a grooving all week with you. Grab your fork and grab your knife. Morning, afternoon, and night, Mama's recipe and mine. We're about to have a good time. Hey, sis, eat this. Hey, sis, eat this. Woohoo! Yep. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Well, Court, we have a special guest with us this AM. I know. Back by popular demand once again. Are very creative, very funny, and I'll, I'll even say overprotective. Dad, Glenn, aka Daddy Ashley. Welcome, Daddy. Hey, sisters. Be <laughs> careful cutting that steak with a knife. I was just about, that's what made me think of mm-hmm. it is that I don't know if our yeah. audiences know that it wasn't until we were probably in our early 30s, if we would have dinner with dad, that he would let us cut our meat by ourselves there was very there was well, a lot of fear around knives growing up in the there, house with you know at the dinner table. i've just seen a lot of accidents happen with a knife and fork and just <laughs> wanted to always be careful we'd be at dinner at our dinner table growing up if we had steak or chicken or anything that required cutting with a knife we would start to cut awkwardly i guess as a kid and you'd hear give me that no be careful careful you know very panicked yeah i mean that even happened at restaurants yeah and i'm terrified that you guys are these chefs because i'm always worried about you being around hot stoves oh well i do burn myself a lot i was about to say you do burn yourself a lot i am burned up and down my arms but you know no pain no gain dad When we got married and maybe Jason and Lance asked you for our hand in marriage, did you say, yes, but you're going to need to cut their meat for them for the rest of their lives? Cut their steak. (laughs) I did say that. And I gave them each potholders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, well, we're glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So last week we talked about our travels, but you've been world traveling too. Oh, yeah. It's been a really busy and great year. I've been to some places I've never been. I've been to the Canary Islands. I spent, Drew and I spent two months in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, We just got back from Europe. We were in France and England down in Cannes for the advertising festival. Living your best life, as they say. Yeah, went to Puerto Vallarta a couple of months ago. It's been a crazy year. We talked about your Puerto Vallarta trip on the podcast because oh, yeah. you went to Taco Time. What was it called? Margaritaville? Margarita Time. Margarita Time, Margarita Time <laughs> restaurant every day. Yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> where was the food the best out of Australia? Where are all, all these places you went? France, where else did you say? The Canary Islands. Where Who had the best food? You know, each place has unique and interesting food, but um, I think the place that I love the most and um, is in San Tropez. There's a restaurant call, uh, on the beach called uh, Lake Club 55, and Ooh. it's an outdoor, beautiful thatched hut kind of mm. beachy restaurant. And the food is just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it's very relaxed and salads and mm-hmm. and pastas and a lot of fish because it's you know, Mediterranean and it's just, it's the combination of the taste of the food and the experience. And the vibe. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and, and, oh, and there's live music played and people oh, are fine. dancing while they're eating and drinking a lot of rosé. It's just quite an experience. Sounds like my jam right up my alley. Take me there. You both would love it. Dad, have you been cooking anything lately? Any any panty droppers that Drew's been saying have been delish? 
Well, hey, as a matter of fact, just two nights ago, based on conversations that I've had with you guys, I made uh, lemon pasta. Oh, I mean, your lemon pasta was so good and so easy and so simple. Did you do the fried capers? That's okay. Do any capers? That's not a requirement. But it was really good, and you know, it's so simple but so rich and delicious. So yes, that's the that's the newest thing I've cooked. It's a good summertime meal too, because the only thing that you have to cook is the pasta. Really, yeah. I love that you're being inspired by our recipes on our website. I'm always inspired. I rarely make anything that you guys haven't invented. (laughs) that's smart it's true yeah either you have made it and told me or i've had it at one of your homes or your mom made it uh years ago and i call you you know and say hey can you steal that recipe from your mom right (laughs) Corey, have you made anything lately oh my god i I have been cooking my ass off ever. I think I was inspired by Italy. I just have been Mm. nonstop. I think I've had four dinner parties this week. I mean, not like big, just like people have stopped by and I've been making dinner, but I've made like those tacos where I ground, do the cook the ground beef for like an hour. Now these tacos, daddy are like Tex-Mex inspired from like Mia's. I found a copycat recipe. So I make this ground beef and then I put it on nachos the next day, the leftover beef and made individual ground beef nachos to die for. I made fusilli with fresh pesto and shrimp, grilled shrimp. Did you do Mama Mary's pesto? I did Mama Mary's pesto with the butter. And Jason said it was, I got an amazing I got an amazing, which is the highest form of praise. So then that, and then last mm-hmm. night I've perfected the chicken cutlet. If you've listened mm-hmm. um, in the past. So what we do is I've, I marinate um, chicken, little tiny, thin, thinly pounded chicken cutlets with mm-hmm. just olive oil, a little lemon juice, salt and pepper, and some smashed garlic cloves. So I marinate that for a little while. Then mm-hmm. I take r- tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, and I broil them. And last night, this was a happy mm-hmm. kitchen conundrum. I forgot that they were in there. So they were (laughs) super charred, but I was cooking with my friend Dina, who's an incredible cook and we like to cook together. And she's like, let's just throw them in there. So we do half chopped fresh tomatoes, cherry tomatoes. Then we add the charred tomatoes in there with some fresh Mm -hmm. basil, garlic, and olive oil, salt, and pepper. And so I top the chicken with this charred keka. That's what we're renaming the recipe. Grilled chicken with charred keka. Mm. It is so good. Jason, who doesn't even eat tomatoes, I looked over at his plate last night and I said, I don't see any tomatoes on your plate. And he said, I ate them. I ate, they were delicious. So it is wow. so good. It's definitely, I've made it a couple of times now just to make sure that I have it perfected. And I think the charring, the accidentally leaving them in too long is really what makes the flavor. Mm. That's awesome. I love that. Can I add a food experience? Please. Yes, please. So I just got, as you both know, I just got back from Dallas visiting Whitney and Lance. And, you know, when I'm in Dallas, I have to hit all my favorite uh, Tex-Mex barbecue, all the things that I feel like I can't get here in L.A. And I came back after that experience. And I told Drew yesterday, I said, if I'm ever convicted of murder (laughs) and I'm on death row. Maybe we should say when you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, when and I have to go into the electric chair and they say, sir, what will your last meal be? Hopefully they give that to you before you get in the electric. <laughs> I know exactly now what it will be. OK, right. so in case I'm incapable of right. describing it, you guys can tell. Um, okay. OK, so I want this from Mia's or Mia Casina mm-hmm. because I had this in Dallas and mm-hmm. it's the perfect meal. OK, it's fajitas as only. Tex-Mex can make. So mm-hmm. chicken fajitas that are grilled. And mm-hmm. then the most beautiful part is it sits on a bed of onions and peppers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe something else. I don't think so. But you ask them, cook it to death, like make them black, all Burn the, the vegetables. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that comes out and it comes with the side of rice and beans mm-hmm. and pico de gallo. The secret is to mix the rice and beans together and put the pico de gallo on top oh, of that mm. and put a little salsa on that. It's just the perfect side dish. And then you've got, I like mine with, you can get flour or corn, but I like the flour tortillas. Mm. And, you know, 
I don't have the biggest appetite. So usually there's a little food left or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I don't get to that. I practically licked the plate. It was so amazing. Oh, my God. Just everything about it. Better be careful licking that fajita plate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to <laughs> let it cool down. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, that's hilarious. I'm finding this story surprising. And the reason why not, because, it, you know, Tex-Mex would be your last meal if you were convicted yeah. of murder. But it would <laughs> because I would always go there as well. But what I find interesting is you say you mixed the beans and the rice together my whole life. Yeah. All you you're so, so picky about I don't mix my food on my plate. Oh, right. I would never mix them together. I like, and it's like you, you even have to have an extra salad plate because you don't want that to touch the other items on your plate. It's almost like an OCD thing. So to hear you be so free with yourself to mix the beans and the rice together, I think this is progress. Yeah, I think back in the day, daddy would have even preferred that we had cafeteria plates for dinner. Yes, exactly. When, um, I was on a shoot one time and it was my birthday. All the ad, all my ad buddies gave me a hospital plate, you know, that's divided <laughs> so that, that I could, you know, <laughs> that was my present, a divided hospital plate. Exactly. And keep my food very separate. I don't know. Maybe this comes from old age or maybe it's yeah, my eyesight. Changed. But but I don't know. A little, I don't know, a year or so ago, maybe a little further, I started mixing the rice with the beans and then I decided, ooh, throw in that pico de gallo. I don't know. It's delicious. I guess I missed that all these years. Daddy, you are just letting your freak food fly. And I'm all for it. I think this is progress. I think you're loosening up a bit. I think that uh, next thing we know, you might even order a margarita with your uh, lunch. I don't know. Or your dinner. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, hell yes. Oh, nice. (laughs) We were driving in from Colorado when daddy got there. And so he said, oh, y'all are gonna be a little late. I'm gonna go to Miko, Mikasina by your house. I said, okay, great. Can you also bring us back food and margaritas? Because you can get them to go. And he comes Lucky. back and he's like, God, those margaritas are so strong. Yeah, I had one frozen. I thought I was gonna have another and I was hammered. No, I couldn't take a second one. One will do ya. The other thing that was surprising is where in the hell but Texas can you get mixed drinks to go? (laughs) I never heard of such a thing. It's amazing. That was a COVID thing. And thank God for it. One of the one of the good things that came out of COVID. Wow. How shocking. You can get a gallon of margaritas to go. (laughs) Yeah. And for four hundred dollars, it's not cheap. I know. We could talk about food all day, but okay. I, I have to ask you, Whitney, you were sending me some pretty <laughs> funny pictures yesterday that uh, in celebration of Barbie weekend. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So at the place where I ride horses, we've got a great group of adult gals that are just the coolest. And one of them invited me to her Barbie pool party. So a few years ago, my other friend, Nicole, had a 40th birthday party that was Barbie themed. She was so ahead of her time. I know, right? Yeah. So I was asking the littles, your daughters, what Barbie I should be. And I said, well, go get your Barbie basket and let me see. I said, girls, all of those Barbies are naked. (laughs) None of them had clothes. It wasn't disco Barbie or beach Barbie. They were all just naked. So (laughs) I said, well, there's an idea. So I came up with the idea to get a nude bodysuit, nude cat suit from Amazon. And I went and bought a Barbie and I took all her clothes off and I looked at where the lines are, where her arms connect to her body and her legs connect to the body. And I got the Sharpie and I had Lance draw on the lines. So it looked like I was naked Barbie. Brilliant. So creative. And needless to say, I was the hit of the 40th birthday party. but. I thought, God, this is so cool. Maybe I should throw it out. I'm like, no, I'm not going to throw it out because who knows? Well, yeah, the opportunity came. When I got invited to this party and it was Barbie themed, I said, I got to break out naked Barbie again. And I didn't care if it was a hundred degrees. I threw on that cat suit. I put on those pink heels. I slapped on that pink lipstick and that wig and I went and people were dying. 
first of all, they didn't really recognize me because I haven't been friends with these ladies that long. And I'd be like, it's Whitney. And they're like, oh my God. And I went up to one of the girls. I was like, hey, Elise, it's Whitney. She goes, oh my God. When you first walked in, I said, someone came naked to the party. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Was anyone else dressed up or just you? Um, Not like as a Barbie, but people were in Barbie themed attire. Pink. And I, of course, you know, I'm getting ready and Lance is, you know, hanging out with me. I said, babe, there's probably a chance nobody else is dressed like as a Barbie. And he's like, do you want to bring like a bathing suit or something or something to change into? I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm going to own Naked Barbie. Yeah, you're going to commit fully. Yes, I don't care. Love that about you. Let's let's, uh, tee up the uh, episode for today. Dad, so one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on today is not only because you're funny and we love you, but you worked with our guest back in the 80s at a grocery store. That's true. You know, one of the greatest things about being uh, having a career in advertising on the uh, creative side is you get to work with and meet some of the most talented, funny, entertaining people uh, in the whole world. Mm -hmm. At the very top of that list um, is a guy who's an improvisational actor that is your guest today. And Jim Meskimen is just a hell of a funny, wonderful guy. And yeah, it's just a privilege to know him and, and work with him. That's right. He, his impressions are incredible. He does some of them on our show today. And also he has one of the most famous and iconic American actress mamas, Marianne Ross from Happy Days. It's a great interview, but I just wanted to mention that I also kind of garnered a little fame in the 80s with some of my impressions. I don't know if y'all remember. <laughs> I don't know if this rings a bell. Um, okay, seriously, people, let's give me talk. Give me talk. How do I look? Seriously, all my life, I have been used to being treated so ugly. I mean, seriously. When I was born, the doctor took one look at me and slapped my mother. I mean, give me talk, people. <laughs> Seriously, I'm so ugly. If you even looked up ugly in the dictionary, there would be a picture of me. Okay, so anybody? The interesting part about that is that the last time she did that impression, she was 10 years old and uh, on camera on a a video we made. In fact, she, she was so funny that she was in a play, The Wiz, in grade school, and the director was so entertained by her Joan Rivers impression on the side that they wrote it into the into the play into the school play I didn't know that oh yeah because I they let some second and third graders be in the high school musical at the Wiz as the munchkins right and I don't know I was running around doing my Joan Rivers impressions and by the way as younger I was like eight or nine I was in third grade first of all I don't even know where I how I even because y'all would let me stay up late and watch the tonight show and she would host sometimes I think but I had this fascination with Joan Rivers and just out of nowhere started doing impersonations of her and um (laughs) they did write it into the play but I just look back now as a you know as a grown woman it's like where on earth did I just come up with doing Joan Rivers as an eight-year-old it's so random well you've always if you weren't doing Joan Rivers you were doing the impressions of your teachers and adults that was just what you did yeah you've always had great impressions yeah you have thanks guys I think that's why we're so excited about Jim but seriously people can we talk let's welcome Jim Meskimen Hey, sis. Hey, sis. We have a hilarious guest on the podcast today, and we actually first met him at a grocery store in Dallas and I think about 1987. I think we might have met him on aisle 14 in the drugstore section when he was talking to a little old lady about the type of moose she was buying. I think you're right. And I want to introduce our guest today, the talented and accomplished actor Jim Meskimen. Over the past 30 years, Jim has appeared on countless films, 
in television shows such as Apollo 13, The Grinch, Friends, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and if yeah. I were We'd be here all day. going to yeah. list if we all of them, we would be here he, all day. Yeah. So, Jim, welcome Thank to Hasis Eat This. Ah, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you. Yeah, 35 years an actor now. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I read your bio. Yeah. <laughs> I thought 30 seemed not not enough. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but it's true. We did meet you at a grocery store, but mm-hmm. it wasn't because girls. we were shopping. Yeah, we were little girls. And I'm not a freak, a weirdo. Yeah. It wasn't that. <laughs> so what else could it have been? Well, you were the star <laughs> of the Skaggs Alpha Beta at Commercials, which was a Texas grocery <laughs> store chain that our father, Glenn, um, was the creative director for the ad agency mm-hmm. that was producing the commercials. So we thought it was really cool. We'd come on set. And I remember dad being like, oh, we've got this big actor. He lives in New York. He's a he's a comedian, and we yeah. oh my god! And it was just like, and you were cracking us up then, and we are so excited to have you here now. I hope we can I hope we can recapture some of it's that so, magic. We don't have any groceries around. We so. don't have any groceries, and it's crazy uh, how I can young be funny we all look. Th- all after all these years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we are going to bring on. Um, our very own Daddy Ashley, who you know uh-huh. very well. Yes. We wanted to, to bring it full circle back yes. to the grocery store, Skaggs Alpha Beta days, yes. and reunite yes, you two old. after all these years. Those were the salad days, and it was real salad, too. Yes. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you. Daddy. Glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I don't know, a long time. Since 1980, probably about 1989, and five, and yeah, since you guys have seen each other. So That's right. Jim, it's, it's great reunion. to see you. Great brings back a lot of great memories and good times and so many laughs. I can't thank you enough for picking me to do that. That those commercials. Well, you know, um, I'll just say this quickly that we actually did. Uh, Randy and I did a search in L.A. and New York and Chicago. Oh my God! And it was a pretty exhaustive search to wow. find someone who could basically improv mm-hmm. with customers in a grocery store and make it funny. So much was riding on the talent of that individual to do that. Sure. So, you know, we could throw out ideas, but a lot of it just had to come from. So we had searched really all over the country and we just barely, we just couldn't find anybody. So that second, I think that was our second trip to New York wow. when we when we met you. And by then we sort of had that process of, okay, the person comes in, the talent comes in, we give them a bag of groceries, and we (laughs) ask them. And, you know, actually, it was a little bit illegal what we were doing, because by talent rules, SAG rules, you couldn't ask a talent to improvise. You could not use those words. Really? I remember that distinctively. So we had to sort of walk around that, and we had to say, you know, things like, uh, well, uh, you know... uh, I don't know, we maybe give you a funny line about coffee, but then ask you to expound on that. Oh, I think that was wow. our little nasty trick. Expound. Yeah, yeah. expounding. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, literally it was a situation where Jim came in and it's almost like we knew immediately because we were laughing and right. laughing during yeah. the audition and we weren't kind of like, well, maybe the guy could do it. We were like, this <laughs> is our guy. It was wow. a I mean, we knew yeah. instantly, Jim, that you were the guy. So, uh, yeah, and man, there was a lot writing on that campaign because as I told you earlier, our creative director didn't think the idea was funny at all. He was so against it. And Randy and I pushed through and fought for the idea. You won awards for that, didn't you? Oh, we you won, won yeah. a lot of awards, of awards uh, for it. it was a really, for me, a career-changing campaign, and for Randy as well. Uh, so it was just such a pleasure to f- meet you, to just be exposed to your talent and be part of the whole process. Mm-hmm. It was a big love fest, really. I mean, gosh, Sounds we had so like many it. talented people and, and wonderful, kind people that worked with us and made it a big family production, if you will. And I went on and left after a, two or three years, but it was Really, one of the best campaigns and groups that I ever it's probably had. Probably when it went downhill with. after that. That's oh, yeah. why they had once to change <laughs> their name to Jewel Osco. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I left, it went to shit. <laughs> that was a great experience. Big uh, seminal moment. I was telling telling your dad. Uh, yeah. Big, big, massive break for me in, in my career because it, uh, you know, it made us very financially stable mm-hmm. uh, in New York City, which was a, always a goal. Anybody who's an actor in New York wants to be just. Just let me be stable. Oh, yeah. Just let me be able to pay the rent for a few months. And, you did uh, over 100 commercials for them, oh, I'm I think. Sure, I'm I mean, sure. it was a big deal. Oh, I went on and on. Radio. I worked for them every week because yeah. uh, we wow. would shoot in Dallas, and then we'd come back, and they'd edit it together. 
and, uh, you know, make order out of our chaos. And then uh, <laughs> every week I'd have to go up to a sound booth somewhere in Midtown and, and do the weekly specials. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, oh, my God. You're know, like soup to nuts on this. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, like, today on Wednesday, the prime rib is on sale. Yeah. Like, that Alpine kind of Lace Swiss Cheese. <laughs> Two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of happy memories. There, I mean, I remember time. Dad coming home being, like, "Oh my God, this Jim was so funny today." And I, I mean, I remember that. And so, yeah, yeah. And then after that, it's we would see him everywhere. Yeah. And All right. you know, TV yeah. commercials. I'd be like, "Oh, there's Jim Eskman," and yeah. people would be like, "Who?" <laughs> Right. How do you know him? Right. How do you know quiet. him? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. well, my dad used to work with him. And yeah. they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's we so were random. Cool. You helped make us cool. I'm like a you slow really mold that has yeah. been growing, <laughs> slowly taking we over the United no. States. Very well, a delicious mold. mold. Yes. Like um, a fine cheese. Like a cheese mold. Yeah, yeah, like a cheese mold, mold. Yes. or a jello mold. Um, Alpine lace Swiss I'm, cheese. So, Jim, a huge part of this podcast is paying tribute to all the wonderful mamas out there. Mm. You knew her at home as Mama Marianne Ross, but the world knew her as television's greatest mama, Mama Marianne Cunningham of Happy Days. So tell us a little bit about the way your you mom. Say, you say the way the Italians do, Mama, la Mama de Ricky, Ricky Cunningham. <laughs> well, that's how we refer to all our mamas on this podcast. Yeah, mamas, yeah. yeah. Mamas. Mamas. yeah that's, I call her it's mama more of now. a southern mama. mama. I call her mama, yeah. 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 Mama? <laughs> Don't yeah. let your baby grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my mother, Marion Ross, uh, who I just saw yesterday, yeah. lives nearby here, and she's going to be 95 Wow. Uh, she's doing good. She's very healthy, very happy, enjoying her retirement. She stopped working around age 87. Okay. Wow. So slacker. Wow. Yeah. Slacker. <laughs> uh, big inspiration to me. And uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, she was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. A lot of people think that, well, you were raised by Marion Cunningham. It's, no, I wasn't. I was raised by a different person altogether. Mm-hmm. She's an actress. Mm-hmm. In fact, no one was raised by Marion Cunningham, right. actually. Right. Uh, unless you count the time between action and cut right and it's not really enough time no uh but she was a a very ambitious uh woman mm. uh happy days didn't come along till she was in her 40s we were talking about that last yeah night. and and up until that point she'd been a working actress but she'd been a real hustler you know mm-hmm. she she had to really always i won't say fight for it but she had to be very determined about it mm-hmm. and uh, she would do plays and uh she, you know, she wasn't like a gorgeous Audrey Hepburn type. She was, uh, you know, a Minnesota farm girl, if you will, mm-hmm. which is where her roots are. So um, she, she had, had to passion. fight for everything. Yeah. She had the passion. And if you think about it, I mean, a lot of passion because uh, raising two kids, my folks split up when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So it was my sister who was three years younger and I. And, uh, and she's doing that and taking care of that whole world. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and also running her career and managing her career and wow. trying to get ahead and trying to get, you know, her name up in lights and, and all that, which was her original dream. And she just cleaved to that dream. And uh, the fact that she pulled it off actually went beyond her dream, I think, because right, I don't think sure. she, anyone could even conceive right. that she would become like the, the representative of, right. of motherhood Mom, on yeah. television. I, I don't even know if that was part of her goal at all. Uh, particularly. Probably wasn't. Yeah, uh, so it's pretty extraordinary, and every time I, I wind up talking to people a lot about it, and I wind up thinking about it a lot, and it's just like, wow, I just I feel very fortunate mm-hmm. in many ways. First of all, because she was a great inspiration, she did keep our family going. Uh, Happy Days obviously helped a lot. Yeah, <laughs> if we could kind of, that was when she sort of after about year two or three, breathe. yeah. She stopped crying so much. Aww. She was a crier a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd yeah. come home and she, of course, Expressive. you know, it's like uh, mm. grief. You know, like, ah, mm. life is hard. Right, right, ah, right. You know, and, and I, I remember telling her mom, you know, I'd come home. Are you crying again? Oh. What's, what's the big deal? Oh. You know, real sympathetic. Right. But, um, <laughs> but after year two or three of Happy Days, it was like, oh, this is actually a hit show. Mm-hmm. And she was making a little bit more money, paying off some bills, mm-hmm. living a little more comfortably. 
then I think she kind of eased into it and was like, all right, well, this is what I was going for. Right. This is my interpretation of it. It's all in her book, My Days, Happy and Otherwise. Oh. We put her together with a, a writer a few years ago, and so she would tell her stories and this whole story. So were you in high school when she got Happy Days? Part of it. No, right. uh, when she got Happy Days, I was in junior high school. Okay. I was like 12 or 13 years old. Right. So there must have just been a huge shift in lifestyle from... Well, no, actually, no. It's, it's interesting because it's very different than today. Mm-hmm. Today, things can literally happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. Back then, and in Happy Days' case especially, it's it's a slow buildup. Mm-hmm. I finally found out through reading Gary Marshall's book, Wake Me When It's Funny, mm-hmm. another very good mm-hmm. book, uh, <laughs> that Happy Days, they shot the pilot, which he wrote, and uh, Ron Howard was a star, mm-hmm. and I think Anson was in it, and my mom was a different Howard... There was no Fonzie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a different animal. And they shot that pilot, and it didn't sell. Mm. And they aired it on TV as part of an episode of Love American Style, mm. which was a series back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they put that on the shelf or wherever they put those things. And then Ron Howard was in the running or being considered for a role in American Graffiti by George Lucas. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas's casting person or yeah. George himself, who knows, called and— uh, uh, somehow got in touch with the Paramount people mm-hmm. and said, you know, we're thinking about using Ron for this uh, role in American Graffiti. Do you have anything that we can look at of him in a kind of a 50s environment? And they How? went, well, as a matter of fact, we do. And they sent off the reel the or whatever. Reel, yeah. And American Graffiti <clears throat> got made, uh-huh. then became a big hit. Yeah. A big hit. Right. Then, at that point, this is now quite a bit of time later, yeah. Michael Eisner, I think, is the head of Paramount at that okay. time. And uh, later head of Disney. Mm-hmm. And Eisner goes, wait a minute. Yeah. Don't we have a Ron Howard project where Ron Howard's in the 50s? Right. Because now this hit movie. Oh he plays like God. the same character. Plays similar kind of character. Yeah, yeah. It could be the same guy. Yeah. So then they, put, then they pick up Happy Days. It's been over a year sure. since it was, you in know, can, dropped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then it's a single camera show. It's not a multi-camera show, which mm-hmm. it later became. So mm-hmm. it was a multi-camera show for a couple of seasons, mm-hmm. and it did all right. It only had you know had very little competition back then. There were three channels mm-hmm. <laughs> in the whole planet. <laughs> so then they went multi-cam, and then it really was like, oh, this is a sensation. It's now in the top ten all the time, and mm-hmm. tens of millions of people watch it every Tuesday. So at that point, it starts to right. but it but it was a very slow, mm-hmm. gradual buildup because she did the pilot. Oh, the pilot didn't sell. Oh. Okay, well, and she went back to auditioning, looking for work, doing plays, doing all the things she did to create oh, wow. her living, and then it started to creep back. And right. like, oh, this could be, mm, this could be something. Oh, oh, is a, yeah. oh, and, oh my you know, God. <laughs> years, years, well, what not was months, it like not weeks. For, what was it like for you as a teenager when your mom became a big star all of a sudden? Well, it was— Or maybe just, you didn't see it that way. Yeah, it was—like It was like I say, it was a nice, slow growth. Yeah. I had my own nonsense going on as mm-hmm. a teenager, mm-hmm. very distracting things, you know, <laughs> dating and, and mm-hmm. uh, school and all right. that uh, eye-rolling yeah. material. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I was glad that we could, like—for example, I remember uh, we were always pinching pennies mm-hmm. growing up, always. And— um, I remember, like, my dad – I would go to my dad's house on the weekend, mm-hmm. and he remarried, and, and there was, she was a lovely woman, and, and I, you know, spent time with them. He was an alcoholic, so, they, you know, they had, mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a double-edged sword. But when I go over there, I would use their blow dryer. They had a blow dryer, <laughs> and I had copious amounts of hair. Oh, my god! I was infected with the hair – virus and I had tons of it as a lot of us did and, and but I would blow dry my hair and then I'd go home to my mom's house oh, God. and it would be a little bit of a source of friction because I'd say can't we get a blow dryer and she said no we can't get a blow dryer <laughs> just like that Gosh. we don't have the money for a blow dryer <laughs> and then a few years later I remember coming home from college or something and by this time happy days is like this established thing and I yeah. looked in the house there's like five blow dryers in this house. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I think I think Mom. the pressure's off. You now. can take your pick. It's a big sea change, but that that illustrates it for me. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, but I was quite confused by a little bit as as an artist. I was mm-hmm. confused, became confused by Happy Days' success because mm-hmm. I had uh, all my life this desire to be a professional artist, mm-hmm. cartoonist, illustrator. I also liked acting a lot, 
And I kind of was like going back and forth a little bit. I found it easier to pursue the artwork side because you can do it at home right. by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Back then, you couldn't just pick up your phone and make a TV series mm-hmm. right. or a feature film. <laughs> you had to – I don't know what you had to do. I never did figure it out. You know, it's just way too complicated. So I would do plays and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, yeah, I like doing plays. Yeah. And then when mom's success – with mom's success came all this attention for her – extracurricular stuff like they toured with a softball team mm. they just did one fun thing after <laughs> sure. the other yeah so i was like god this is so attractive right, right. <laughs> but is right. it because of the acting yeah. or is it because of all this other noise yeah. and and fun stuff and attention and income and uh, you right. know and so i wrestled with that because sure. I, I, I was like i want to do something that's that i feel is honorable right Right. As a pursuit. And uh, I couldn't quite sort out for a long time, well, what's honorable about this job? And I eventually did figure it out. You know, you, you work away at it for a while. But I, I it took me uh, a lot of ex- exploration to figure out what it was I liked about it and I mean, what I, I thought it, I could live with. I said, I, I, think, you know, I can understand the pressure or the wrestling with that in your mind with having such a successful mom. And gosh, is, do I just like it because of the glitz and glamour? Do I like it because I'm talent? And mm-hmm. what's so cool about you, Jim, I think, is that you are really so uniquely talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that mm-hmm. you can do hundreds of impressions. I mean, you rose on your own I've done with no your impressions own at all talent. Through a podcast at this point at all. I feel quite remiss at not having We're, we're going to get to that. Anything. I know, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's... I can, Stay tuned. You yes. really you really are uh, uh, a true gem. But oh, That's very mm-hmm. kind of you. Yeah. Well, I, I got it finally sorted out and I realized, well, you know what? I want to produce in other people the effect that I've gotten mm-hmm. from great actors. Hmm. I want... Because I've... I've had experiences where I watch a play or I watch a show and I'm like, I'm just exhilarated. I'm just thrilled. I feel great. I'm glad to be alive. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, to impart that to others would be pretty honorable. Sure. Yeah. And so I try to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, we also want to know, were you on set with your mom a lot? Oh, as often as I could. You know, I, when I was 13, I, I had to go to school and that, you know, I... I, I remember going when I was, you know, young like that mm-hmm. occasionally. But she would have to bring me and, right. and kind of babysit me a little bit. So yeah. it didn't happen too often. Mm-hmm. When I was old enough to drive, I could drive on Friday night down to Paramount, mm-hmm. get on the lot, go to the go to the screening, go to the taping rather, oh, uh, right. and watch them do it. And, and that, it was I, a live taping. Yeah, and it was great. And, oh, and back then, so that cool. was when it was at its height of, yeah. of popularity. And, you know, they would introduce the cast beforehand and they would kind of peek around the, the, the wall on the set and people would go crazy. And when, when they introduced Fonzie, oh, they might have oh, said, and here is the Pope. Yeah. You know, right. Or here is Elvis yeah. is with us today. Because yeah. they would just go nuts. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, I remember I would... Uh, you know, you know, I, I felt special. You I'm know, sure. I was a kid. But even though I was in the stands and everything like everybody else, but so, so I would take the uh, opportunity to ask the warm-up guy who was one of the writers, Marty Nadler. Marty Nadler talked like this. Yeah, you know, kind of a lazy mouth. He's a very funny guy. He would do the warm-ups. And I remember I would always come up with some crazy question to ask him as if I was just an audience member because right. he couldn't see me in the dark. And I would ask some outrageous question. Oh, and that was like, great. I'm part of this. You know, yeah. I'm uh, creating a little comedy here. Uh. <laughs> and my mom always wanted me to hang out with the writers. I think she recognized that I had a nimble mind or something. And she saw all these writers having fun. They weren't worked to death like they are today. Yeah. And uh, I never did hang out with the writers okay. at all. Right? <laughs> It really was. I actually did want to be a, a performer. And I'm in an episode of Happy Days. Oh, you are? Yes. My mother also nagged the director, got me in when I was about 17. This is probably year eight. or No, no. It's year five of uh, season five. And it's the famous uh, Fonzie Jumps the Shark episode. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Cunningham's go to Hollywood. Yeah. You know, and uh, Richie wins some contest. They go to Hollywood. And uh, so we shot on the beach uh, at uh, Paradise Cove. Yeah. I remember I was just out of high school, just mm-hmm. graduated. And uh, I was me and the director's son, Andy Paris, <laughs> Jerry Paris's son, are the two kids that run by. And Ralph says, where are you going? What's going on? What's all the excitement? <laughs> and we say, oh, they got a sh-. I say, they caught a shark out there. Oh. <laughs> they got it penned up until Marineland can come and pick it up. Oh, my, this is historical. <laughs> that was it's, a historical line. It's the exposition that explains wow. 
in a way. And then when you think about it, it's like they got a shark. They penned up a shark in the ocean. They penned it up until <laughs> <laughs> marine land could come. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's Whatever. suspension of disbelief. Oh, that was one of my questions was, were you, did you ever get to work with her? So you did on Happy Days. Was there any kind other? I worked with her. I mean, we were in the same episode. But right. I, I didn't actually. But not... I saw her on the beach, of course. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, I've not performed with her very much. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, it's funny. Yeah, never, not, not on stage. We've, we've talked about it. We kicked mm-hmm. it around a few mm-hmm. times and, uh, um, but she no, uh, mostly fruition. on social media. No, yeah. We, yeah. we, uh, I've interviewed her and I've written stuff for her to perform and things Sweet. like that. Yeah. We mentioned earlier on Happy Days that Marion Cunningham was the all-American perfect mom. She was always coming in and out of the kitchen with her apron on right. and serving everybody food. So, But we're curious here on Hey Sis what it was like around the Marion Ross dinner table. Well, Marion was at work yeah, <laughs> or out doing a play. Yeah. Uh, my mother is not much of a cook okay. and uh, it's not a big part of her life. So we would – we still joke about it today yeah. though. She would um, – uh, very often, uh, my sister and I remember that uh, my mother would open up a can of string beans mm-hmm. and bang it on the dining room table, and that would be kind of like the first course. <laughs> that was the appetizer. Get, <laughs> <laughs> once you get that first string bean out of the can, yeah. then it's easier, and you can eat that canned cold string oh. bean. Oh, gosh. And I don't. I can still taste them. They're, they're just fine. Mm-hmm. Just fine. They'll do. Uh, and then she would uh, make um, uh, frozen fish sticks. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Old family recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> putting it in the, putting it in the, the oven. And uh, she did have a chicken dish that she made oh, sometimes. Okay. Not complicated. It was just barbecue chicken with mm-hmm. something kind of, you know, slapped on it. And mm-hmm. uh, spaghetti. And, you know, I, I think she was, it was not her area of expertise or interest. Right. And so she did keep us fed, <laughs> kept food on the table, but mm-hmm. it was no frills. And well, no wonder you like going to set so much because they have craft service. Right. They've got yeah. meals. They have. <laughs> well, now my wife, milk. my wife is a fantastic cook. Tamara oh. is an unbelievable cook. Oh, wow. I just put in a new kitchen for her, and she's oh, just that's amazing. Great time. Yeah. I appreciate good food a lot, but I, I, you know, and I didn't know too much different back then. So, yeah. and and I wasn't, I wasn't terribly interested in right. eating either. Sure. So we all ate just terribly, just terribly. Do you remember if there was ever a kitchen conundrum? That Marion might have had, or a really horrible dish outside of the canned green beans. <laughs> like the wor- we always ask our guests, the "What's worst, the, worst the worst dish, dish that your mother made?" No, it was just a, a nice, low average. Uh, you know, yeah, your standard, barely nutritious fare. Yeah, just okay. the lowest. Okay. Uh, although I'll say this though, she she was a prankster, and so she Ooh. would. Yeah, she. Love my mom pranksters. is also. This is the thing that Marion Cunningham would never do, right? <laughs> your kids are on the beach. Your, your your young son and your young daughter are on the beach, and they're building sandcastles. And they come and they say, "Mom, look, come look at our sandcastle." And you come up, and my mom would just go, "Oh, it's great!" And then stomp all over. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's something Dad would do. That is so true. Or, or he'd be like, eh, yeah, you, you can, can do, do better. better. <laughs> I've seen better. Oh, that is funny. Any other pranks that she played on well, you? Yeah, we love actually, pranks uh, on this podcast. I swear that one time she mixed up a big pitcher of something, something that I cons- thought was red punch. We used to back in the in the old days in the summertime. We you know we didn't buy sodas or anything like that. We would mix up Funny Face, uh, which yeah. was a brand, and, and and which is mostly sugar and food right. coloring. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's just horrifying. I don't know that one. It was like Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, Kool Aid. It, it yeah. was basically Kool Aid under a different brand, and she mixed up something that I assumed was uh, some kind of red punch, and I uh, filled uh, up a glass and put it in. <laughs> spat it out and she laughed and laughed and it was like poster paint or something oh Oh my god (laughs) I swear this happened so I think we might need to ask Marion yeah yeah, seriously that is so and she would stick french fries up her nose at a restaurant (laughs) she was so silly she was a silly silly woman who was letting off steam and was very creative and uh, she really she liked she enjoyed us kids a lot and she liked to make us kind of go you know yeah she didn't care about what she looked like or how she acted she was just going for the laugh with y'all yep yep 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's I, what I try to do with my kids, although the, they don't really, they now more roll their eyes than laugh yeah, at me, well, but getting that's to that okay. age. Yeah. 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 I think my mom felt more comfortable with, uh, and this this works in parenting pretty well, I think, if you can pull it off, is like being like a an older sibling almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe because we were all in the same boat, she sort of was that way. Also, she was a middle child. She always talks about being a middle child as being a special kind of yeah. uh, designation. And uh, she had an older sister and she had a young crippled brother and, mm-hmm. and she got no attention right? because yeah. she was fine. Where did she grow up? Yep. She grew up in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Okay. I'm Minnesota. Almost yeah. Iowa. It's, all right. It's uh, just, just uh, very close to Iowa. And I've been been there a couple of times. And now if you go to Albert Lee, Minnesota, you can go to the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center oh, wow. on wow. Marion Ross Lane, uh-huh. where there is a wonderful, oh. now beautiful bronze sculpture of, of my mom on oh. a park bench out in front, really, oh, looking over so the lake sweet. where she was a lifeguard oh, as cute. a girl. So it's pretty sweet. That's adorable. Yeah. That's really sweet. I love that. Did Mama Marianne's success motivate you to seek a career in the show business? And did she help foster that? She was always very encouraging to me as an as an artist in any art form, pretty much that I took up. She was, was as a writer, as a you know, I used to write poems. She would, as a poet, she would be that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Draw something, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were great in that play, and you're blah, 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 and you should do this. So she was. Uh, I'm I'm consider myself very lucky in that she was that way, because I guess a lot of parents aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, and they go, oh, it's fine, you know, what you're doing with your guitar there, Melvin, but you, you're going to need to get a job job, which will, you know, do away with all your, your whole artistic career. So she was – and obviously she was being an artist, an actress, so there was no mystery that, well, you can make a living at this. Mm-hmm. It, it is mm-hmm. possible. In fact, you can make a pretty good living at it if you mm-hmm. really hustle. So she was always encouraging that way. And so And, and she inspired me by by just doing well and by being – uh, a good actress that people appreciated early on, you know, even before Happy Days, people went, "Yeah, your mom's a good actress. She's a good actress." I'm like, "Yeah, she's a good actress." Yeah, <laughs> I was like source of pride, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was on all those shows, Mission Impossible, and mm-hmm. you know, the Brady Bunch, and uh, mm-hmm. all the various detective shows, Hawaii Five O mm-hmm. and Mannix mm-hmm. back in the day. And she was a guest star, mm-hmm. which is kind of the way my career is is at this moment, and where I'm, you know, I go and I pop into Chicago Fire or Get mm-hmm. Sheldon, uh, Young Sheldon, Get mm-hmm. Sheldon. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> mashup. Get Shorty and and young Sheldon, uh, and and there's a it takes a lot of professionalism to do that sure. because you're insinuating yourself briefly yeah. into a running organization right, that a has group. certain you know a deadline and a timetable mm-hmm. and a certain level of, of uh, competence. Mm-hmm. So, and that was that was inspiring. Also, I saw what she had to do to run that kind of a career sure. with two kids, right? And uh, it was very interesting because. She always hired a publicist. Mm-hmm. She always like tried to go to events and get her name in the paper here mm-hmm. and there and keep that kind of flowing out so that people sure. had a chance to know who she was. And then she would always do plays. And in L.A., it's probably even more so now, doing a play is a thankless, mm-hmm. uh, you know, schlog slog mm-hmm. through sure, really effort, is, yeah. you know, because people don't go to plays. Right. It's hard work. There's no other way to do it. You mm-hmm. have to do they it. don't pay well. You know, doesn't pay any. well. But... Keeps you in good practice. Sure. Yeah, really. sure. And, and really, uh, the theatrical performers, I've noticed, are people that uh, have the most longevity because they they really learn how to craft a, a character in three dimensions mm-hmm. rather than just, well, it's just the voice or it's just yeah. how right. I look. Right. Right. They're doing something that is quite full. Right. And, and they're obviously interested in it. Right. Mm-hmm. The actors that are doing well are like Anthony Hopkins is my hero and he's interested in characters. Can you tell us one. that in an Anthony Hopkins accent? Well, such a course, I can. I can certainly endeavor to. He's a great um, hero of mine. <laughs> not only not only because he's a great actor, but he's also a painter and a very skilled keyboard player. Wow. Pianist, yeah. really I didn't know it. about the keyboard. I knew about the painting. Oh, you got to follow him on Instagram. Follow Sir Anthony Hopkins on Instagram. Okay. You'll see oh, some I amazing will. things. Yeah. What? Uh, are, you, are you writing a show? You're... I am. I'm writing, yeah. a, I'm writing a show. I'll tell you what. I, uh, I do a one-man show every now and then. Okay. Last one I did was about 12 years ago. I wrote it, and it created a huge affluence for me so I wrote on that for a while right up until just before COVID and then COVID has changed so much yeah, in our world that sure. I feel like I felt like I, I you know yeah. got to rewrite the whole thing 
it's a whole different approach now. I have a different purpose to sure. to do it. So I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm creating a show that has many, many impressions in it because that's my forte and that's what I think people expect from me and appreciate from me. But it's also got stories in it that are a little more personal mm-hmm. and uh, which I, I would like to, I don't know, just tee up and see see if people like it. I, I kind of got a lot of inspiration. I definitely got a lot of inspiration from uh, – John Leguizamo, oh, yeah. who is a fantastic, has a fantastic among his many one man, one person uh-huh. shows. He did one called Latin History for Morons, which I saw, <laughs> which was like just genius, just genius, and uh, far better than I thought it would be. And it was like, wow, okay. And I sort of picked apart some things that I thought, well, maybe I could use that kind of structure. Maybe mm-hmm. anyway, I don't pretend it'll be anything like that or anywhere as good, but uh, that was sort of a starting point. I think it can be better. Yeah. Maybe it could be better. I don't know. We're going to find out. I tell you, I'm going to try. Try to be as good as I can, you know. <laughs> well, this this is teeing us up for our next segment yeah, that, right now. Yeah, that is a great segue. That's so right. Mama Ashley, who we've told you mm-hmm. about, and you've you've met her. Yep. And um, so she is a pretty funny lady, and she has a lot of hilarious sayings that we often use in our dialogue and on the podcast and she does have that Texas accent you know mm-hmm. and so it makes it even funnier when she <laughs> says it yeah um, but we've seen you on social media do a little bit with your daughter Taylor where you have a script it could be something as far as like directions on how to install a mm-hmm. pipe or I yeah. don't even know but something <laughs> How to Ridiculous. Run a drill, electric drill. Yeah. Yes, it was the drill, the electric drill. Mm-hmm. And then Taylor yells out different accents yeah. for you to do. Hey, Dad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's so adorable. <laughs> so we put a little list together of some Mama Ashley sayings that we want to have you read. Oh, and different some celebrities? Yeah, celebrities. Okay. And we, put, awesome. we selected the celebrity, too. Oh, so. you did? Okay, great. You really here, put some yeah. work in. Okay, yeah, good. Let so me hear. I, so I, I got it. Oh, there we go. All right. She often says, you little idiot, when we do something stupid. Nice. It's an affectionate kind of. Yes. yes. Very, yeah. Very yes. affectionate. It was, it was very nurturing. She doesn't mean it affectionately, but it's just, you know, it's yeah. sarcastic. But we want to hear that in a Morgan Freeman accent. You little idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one that she says. Um, After, on Sunday morning. <laughs> right. Right. Is, um, well, he was drunker than Cooter Brown. So we would Who's like Cooter Brown. I wonder. Well, we've done we, some research yes. about it, uh-huh. and Cooter Brown was the local drunk uh-huh. during which it was war? like around World War Two. It was during not sorry not World no, War Two during like the Civil War. Civil War, and he was uh, he was just the local drunk, uh, and, and that's how he got out of becoming a soldier. Yeah, because he was too hammered to become wow. A soldier. Must have been really hammered. Yeah. So, so drunker than Cooter Brown. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you want me to read this? Uh, we'd like a flipper for that. <laughs> okay. Well, we saw that on your list. Is that as in flipper, flipper the, the dolphin? The dolphin. Okay. <laughs> I think I got it. I think we I might need it. to hear that in Robin Williams as oh, well. Drunker, drunker than Cooter Brown. That's pretty drunk. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what color your Cooter is, but. <laughs> All right. The next one is she often tells us when we are saying how bad our high heels hurt or whatever, that it's it's better to look good than to fail good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who's that one? Uh, that would be a Napoleon Dynamite. It's better to look good than to feel good. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> this is one of my personal faves. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. She'll often say if... There's something that she just doesn't really care what anybody thinks. She'll say, well, I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. And who's that? Who's saying that one? Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't give an ass rass. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I screwed it up. I don't give a rat's ass <laughs> to anybody. I never will. I won't distribute rat's asses anywhere. <laughs> Um, and our last one, we thought we would try something. I, we didn't see this one on your list, mm, okay. but would you be able to do? Um, this is how she. This is what she says after Every time any we talk phone to conversation. Her. Yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Can you say that in a Marion Ross accent? Uh, oh gosh, 
That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that sounds, sounds pretty right, right on. <laughs> I think I'm genetically predisposed to do that well. I, know, I love right? it. <laughs> well, or I could do it like Ron Howard. I, I, that's my story, and I, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's great. And that sounds like you know something he would say on happy days. <laughs> that's my story, and I, I'm sticking to it, Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Cunningham, cool down, cool your jets. Yeah. Uh, Anson Williams. Anson Williams always talk like, I did impressions of everybody in the show. Anson Williams sound like this. And, and Ralph Mouth, Donnie Most, they sound like this. He just had a slight. Is that Potsy? Pot, no, yeah. no, Potsy was the other guy. Potsy was Anson. Ralph was, uh, Ralph oh, was Don Most. The, yeah, the redhead, red exactly. Yeah. Who also left the show after season five. Idiot. Where? Uh, Little idiot. He, he wanted to go off into his musical career, oh. which now he's entertaining well, and good. doing very well at. I take that back. He's not a little idiot. He's not. Well, we often end our shows with rapid-fire questions Mm. to our guests. Daddy, do you want to do the honors of asking Jim the questions? Okay. That'd be fun. So, Jim. Should I answer these in celebrity voices or just any way I want to? However you want to. to. Jim, give us one word to describe your mom. Feisty. Mm. Good one. Yeah. Um, What about, Jim, the best advice your mom ever gave you? Gosh, best advice she ever gave me. Hmm. She didn't give me a lot of advice. She showed by example, mm-hmm. you know. And and, uh, but I would say, uh, in, in that vein, she, uh, yeah, you know, be an actor. So if you want to be an actor, you go ahead and and be an actor. Do mm-hmm. do things. You know, even if you're not getting paid, just you know, do a play, do right. a skit with somebody, do yeah. a, record something yourself. I uh, keep busy that way and don't wait for opportunities. Be creative. That's, that's yeah, really be creative. good sound yeah. advice. Jim, this next question is very kind of serious, so I hope it doesn't change the tone too much. But I'd like to know the who you think was the best advertising agency creative director <laughs> on a grocery store uh, campaign that you ever worked God, with. If you could, I wish you could kind of make that a little more, you know, specific. It's so broad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, on a, on a, let's say then on a grocery store campaign <laughs> for Skaggs Alpha Beta. <laughs> that was shot in Irving, Texas, and Richard. Yeah, that, and, yeah. yeah. And, uh, that yeah. helped a little? Well, it, there's, only, there's only you and, uh, and Randy and Stanton. I don't know if Stanton was even an, an, an executive. Well, but, uh, it's, it's you, Glenn. I, I owe a lot well, to you. I mean, I had no idea how you'd answer that. Yeah. But, <laughs> could you? But, uh, I'm so thrilled and honored it that was a tough you one. remember me in such high regard. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. Okay, and then one final question, Jim. Um, what did you have for dinner last night? Tamara made a wonderful uh, meal, and we had um, actually it was she made a we had a dinner party this weekend, mm-hmm. and so we had the leftovers from that dinner party. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of a turkey meatball mm-hmm. uh, with onions and other vegetables and spices in it, and it was on a bed of um, uh, pureed uh, oh was it cauliflower puree. Parsnip mm. puree? Or, or parsnips. Mm. Parsnip puree. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was a parsnip puree. Mm. Parsnip puree from <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> since 1985, not a thing has changed. <laughs> not a thing. Not I'm a still thing. rolling yeah. in laughter. I think we might want to come over and cook with Tamara. She sounds oh, pretty special yeah. in the kitchen. The kitchen is pretty nice. She's making her own yogurt now. She oh, wow. makes her own almond milk. Wow. She's planted a garden oh, with gosh. these planters. Yeah, you might want to I might want to have her on. Get out of yeah. here, Jim. Yeah. Where's yeah. Tamara? Bring her on. We <laughs> want to have her on with Tamara. Exactly. Does she have a sibling? Uh, she does. She has right. a brother, uh, an older brother. Her father was a great chef, great oh, wow. cook. Yeah, he okay. loved to cook, and she's just gotten fantastic at it. That's great. And uh, she also researches healthy stuff because mm-hmm. you know we're getting on and we're trying to. Is that how you uh, maintain such a sleek figure? That's how I. That's how I do it, and I train. I, I, I since I've been working on a TV show, they asked me, "Would you mind, you know, getting some training because your characters play someone who's a little more fit?" So uh, <laughs> they, uh, I've been going to a training now for a couple of years. Yeah, and. Uh, so that's been fun. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I want to ask you um, one last question. What's next for Jim Meskimen? What are you What are you working on? What do you want us all to know? Well, I am working on that one man show. Great. And putting that together. Right. And I'm also on the Big Door Prize, which is this show on Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. where I play the father of the very gifted comedian Chris O'Dowd, okay. who is Irish, and so I've had to learn how to 
duplicate that style of being Irish. I bet it wasn't uh, hard. Where, <laughs> where was can we fun. find you on Instagram and TikTok? And you can that? find me uh, at Jim Pressions is my handle. Jim. Love that. Jim Pressions. Yeah. yeah. TikTok, I think it's just my name, Jim Eskimen. And on YouTube, I still put up uh, at least one video a day, sometimes wow. two or three. Uh, go check out those old Skaggs yeah. commercials oh, on there. We should. Did. Everybody should go check out those Skaggs commercials. <laughs> Jim, yes. I have one final question. Do you remember what the theme line for the Skaggs Alpha Beta commercials was? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, oh, my God. Wait. Hold on. It'll come to me. It's the friendliest store in town? No. No, it was the friendliest. No. No, that didn't work. That's right. <laughs> I, was, I was sent to repl- repair that. More than you ever expected. That's yes, right. That's right. And, and I would say that's exactly what today has been. Uh, yeah, than we nice. ever Thank expected. You. Yeah. Nice. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We will wrap it up the way we always do. Sis, love you, love your show. I love you. I love your show. <laughs> I love Jim's show too. I love Jim's show too, and so I love do Daddy I. Ashley's it's show. Just one big love fest. It is. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Hey Sis, Eat This. If you lol'd, peed your pants a little bit, or even smirked. Please hit subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to rate and review, but only if it's positive. Also visit our website for recipes and to sign up for our newsletter at heysiseatthis.com. <laughs>